Well, good evening, all souls. It is a joy to be with you. I'm so glad that you're joining us online as we gather to hear the story of Christ's birth, to sing Silent Night. I love the Christmas story. Every year there is something fresh in it, some new reason to discover why Jesus is the joy of every longing heart. And the, the longing has touched every part of our culture to the fact that downtown spaces all around the world are decorated like this because even those who don't celebrate the advent of the King recognize a longing for something holy. Maybe this year joy has been overshadowed by longing. And that's just a reflection of where we are as a culture. It's a year that's gonna be more memorable than most. And in 2020, Silent Night is gonna take on a whole new meaning because churches around the globe are curtailing their gatherings. This Advent, carols and messages have largely been done online in the exact same space where we do our Christmas shopping. And so our sense of the sacredness of space, it's gotten compressed in our daily lives. And that's a, a hard and a strange place to be. But it's also exactly where the incarnation happens. After all, the heavenly drama that spills into the world at Christmas, the event that has captured our hearts and stirred our longings, it doesn't take place in a grand cathedral, it doesn't take place on a majestic mountain. No, heaven breaks into earth on a night like so many others, in the middle of the ordinary. That's where Christmas finds us. There's a whole lot of drama going on in the world. Maybe there's even drama going on in the middle of your family. And Jesus is born among us right in the middle of it. And so let us hear the reading of our gospel from Luke chapter two, verses one through 20. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which is the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. 
But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. The story starts out really quietly when you stop to think about it. Some shepherds are out watching the sheep just like they'd done so many nights before. A man and a woman go to participate in the census to pay their taxes just like a thousand other people are doing. So many, in fact, that the city's packed and she has to give birth in a stable behind the inn. And so not only is the story quiet though, but it's ordinary. I mean, it looks to all the world that an ordinary child was born in an ordinary way in an ordinary part of the world. And yet, everything between heaven and earth has changed forever. Now, Luke starts out the chapter mentioning Augustus and Corinus, pretty impressive dudes. They say the word and Mary and Joseph have to upend their lives in Nazareth and hike down to Bethlehem. Powerful people can make you do that. But there's just a footnote in the story. And Luke makes it really clear that the story is not about them. The good news that's going to cause great joy for all people is not going to come from those who have power. No, the hope of the world is going to be born in an ordinary place, like in your life. Now, most of us don't want to admit this, but most of our lives take place in quiet and ordinary places. And don't get me wrong, there are definitely like some highlight reel moments along the way. I mean, even in a year where we have been limited, we have celebrated graduations, weddings, anniversaries, promotions. And yeah, there have also been some moments of loss and some heartbreak for a lot of us. But we don't spend most of our lives in the highlight space or in those intense moments of family drama. For the most part, we live in the ordinary space in the middle. And lately that's looked like, you know, going downstairs to try to work while the kids are trying to go to school and, you know, trying not to step on each other in the process. If you want the day to feel less ordinary, that might mean that you take a shower before noon. But the ordinary space is where we raise our kids, where we pay bills, where we do dishes, where we rake leaves, where we fold the laundry, walk the dog. I mean, we have been camped out in ordinary for most of the year, right? And yet Christmas is the day that we celebrate that God has made all the difference in the world in these ordinary routines. I don't think we really get Christmas if we don't see that it's in the ordinary spaces where the Savior is born. Most of the time, we're totally okay with ordinary everyday life, right? And this year, when we've become aware of so much need and pain around us, it's not hard to be grateful for things like work, a home, our health. But still, when it comes to Christmas, we find ourselves searching for something more. We had some carolers from All Souls come to our house on Sunday night. It was awesome. I mean, it's not every day that people come singing at your door. And they definitely did not finish out the night with, we wish you an ordinary Christmas. No, I mean, we do all kinds of things to make sure that the days are merry and bright. We decorate our homes. We, we want to find some happiness. We want a break from the ordinary. Because we have this deep longing in our hearts for something sacred, something to make our souls feel their worth. We want just a glimpse of this good news. 
we're looking for something holy. But what if the joy of Christmas isn't so much about our being able to break out of the ordinary, but allowing God to break in? After all, Luke tells us the shepherds were just out doing their thing like they had done countless nights before when the angels tore open the heavens and broke into an ordinary night. Do not be afraid. I am bringing you good news of great joy. As we were going through the service of lessons and carols last Sunday, it struck me how every time the angels appear, they do so with the words, don't be afraid. But maybe the most frightening thing that they say is the next words. This will be a sign to you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth lying in a manger. As I mentioned at the beginning of Advent, our telling of the Christmas story this year drew some inspiration from the hymn, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. It tells the story of the gospel going through Israel's painful story of exile and their hopeful longing for the king, the one who is born to set thy people free. When the angels come, they say that all the hopes and longings for God to show up that have been penting up over the years, everything that they have been waiting for has arrived in a baby. A baby lying in an ordinary manger. If he had come as a warrior with an army, I mean, that would have settled things. So why did God choose to come as an ordinary baby instead of a warrior? We did it to be with you, to be like you. Every emotion you've ever had from the moment you were born, fear and hurt, grief, vulnerability, joy, love, even longing, he's been there. He knows you because he's been there. On the cross, he even took on your shame and your guilt. And he did it so that you might experience the miracle of God with you breaking into every ordinary detail of your life to transform every bit of it. I once heard this fable from India about an orphaned tiger cub who gets adopted by a family of goats. They raise the tiger as one of their own, teaching him to eat grass, to speak like a goat, to climb rocks for safety, but you know, being a tiger, these things don't come very naturally. And though this young tiger cub is teased savagely by all the rest of the goat children, he does his best to fit in, thinking that he's just an odd-looking goat. Well, one day, the majestic king of the tigers appears, and all the goats around, you know, scatter up the mountain in fear. All, that is, except for the young tiger who's left vulnerable and afraid, unable to climb the rocks. And so the tiger king asks this cub, why he's acting so strangely. But all the young tiger can do is bleat anxiously and try to scuttle up the rocks. So the king carries him to a stream, stands next to the young tiger and forces him to stare deeply at their reflected images. And then side by side, the cub suddenly starts to realize who he had been all along. And lifting his head up from the pool, he stands tall and takes a deep breath and all the creatures of the jungle tremble at the sound of his mighty roar. Christmas isn't about experiencing a break from ordinary life. 
It's a reminder that God never intended for us to be ordinary. Because now that God has entered into the ordinary, grace is everywhere. In the arrival of the King, God reclaims his image in our lives. He knows who you are. And Jesus came to show us what life in the full is like. And so nothing was ordinary to him. I mean, the flowers, the, the, the birds, the tax collectors, lepers, a woman who touched the hem of his clothes, he stopped for all of them. Nothing was too ordinary for him. Nothing in your life is too ordinary for the grace of Christmas to enter into. Don't get me wrong. There are going to be some ordinary days ahead. There are going to be some muted celebrations in the near future, some blank days on the calendar, some bills to pay, some papers to write, assignments to turn in. There will be longings and hopes and joys. But because of Christmas, we do these things as sons and daughters of the King. That's what makes the ordinary so remarkable. That's why the angels sing, because now grace is everywhere. Jesus has arrived in every ordinary corner of your life. And he's come to bring joy to every longing heart. And now, friends, having heard the word proclaimed, we come to the table. And we do this each week as a way of continuing to tell the story of God's great love for us. And that the wonder and the mystery that we celebrate at Christmas is that in choosing to be born among us, God was also choosing to die for us. And so as we come to this meal, let us pray. The Lord be with you. Now lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. And now, Lord, we give you thanks that in this bread, this ordinary element made by human hands that our Lord Jesus blessed, can be for us a means of grace. That by your Spirit, this bread and this cup would be the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ who we are told that on the night that he was betrayed, gathered his disciples together in an upper room. And after he gave thanks, he took the bread and he broke it and said, this is my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Take all of you and eat of it. And then after supper, he took the cup he poured it out saying, this is the cup of the new covenant, my blood shed for the forgiveness of sins. Take all of you and drink of it. And so it is that whenever we eat this bread and we drink this cup, we proclaim his dying until he comes again. And so as we come, let us proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Come, friends, these are the gifts of God for the people of God. Eat and drink, remember and rejoice. For unto us a Savior was born. May this bread and this cup be for us a sign of God's grace 
and of His joy that is for all people. Amen.